You were born with your own individual beauty. Uncover yours today. Welcome to Beauty Uncovered by Olaplex, a show that brings you truthful and authentic beauty advice that will help you reveal that inner and outer beauty and glow. My name is Danielle Frank, and every week my goal is to give you access to experts and professional advice on beauty, current trends, reviews on new innovation and products, and tips on how to match your inner beauty with your outer beauty. Your journey starts today on Beauty Uncovered. Most of my clients always have something in the background that they want to try, but they're not trying. I think now might be the time for people to step forward and try something a little bit out of their comfort zone. Hey, everybody. Today, we have an awesome episode for you. Today, we have a globally renowned colorist based out of Los Angeles named Chad Kenyon. Now, if you have not heard of him, you should because he has not only an A-list celebrity clientele, but is also featured in most of the leading publications throughout the world. And we are so thrilled that you're here today, Chad. It's been forever since I've seen you. I know. It's been way too long. Way too long. I, we got you on the West Coast. You're, you're I, on the- I'm getting my vaccination this weekend, so I'm all excited. Wow. <laughs> Yay. Nice. So I'm excited to hear about, I want to share with everybody what I already know about you because like we've known each other for about four years now. You really have had an interesting career. I mean, you've gone from living in Illinois to moving to Spain and really kind of transforming into one of the top colorists in Los Angeles. Like, can you kind of tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, of course I can. I revisit it a lot because my clients are always asking me, about my journey. So I get to share with them, especially my new clients. But I'm from a small town in Illinois. And from the time I was four years old, I wanted to do hair. I used to play with my sister's Barbie beauty salon, which had the Barbie bust. Remember that? Oh yeah, no, I remember those. They even had makeup. It it had makeup. It had like a blue (laughs) eyeshadow palette. I think maybe pink. And then it had rollers. Oh my gosh. I used to take the eyeshadow color palette and I would paint on the hair. So I was doing balayage way back before I knew what balayage was. That's hysterical. At four. At four. I wanted to be a ballerina. (laughs) What's that? I said, I just wanted to be a ballerina. (laughs) (laughs) There's no time like the present, Danielle. Well, yeah. (laughs) So yeah. So I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I used to roll perms in the kitchen with my mom in the 80s. And, you know, all that type of stuff. It was just innate for me to want to be in that world with the girls, hanging out, making people pretty, making Mm -hmm. making people feel good about themselves from a very young age. I'm a people pleaser. And I could tell very early on that people felt good about the way they looked. I find that's like a common theme with all hairdressers. Really? Am I wrong? Like, it seems like every time, including myself, I got into the engine, aside from loving the artistry of it. But it's always like that that rush you get when you make someone feel really great. Yeah, like when my clients cry when they're happy after they're in color, like I get really involved in the whole process. You know what I mean? It's a very personal process. Yes. So So how did you go from there to Spain? Well, I wanted to do hair, but I was bullied. And I was told, you know, I'm gay, obviously. And (laughs) I, you know, grew up gay in Illinois in the 70s and 80s. And it was not okay then to want it to be gay. And I wasn't out, of course, that was not an option. But just me saying that I wanted to do hair, 
that indicated that I was gay. And people made fun of me for it. And I went against my wishes and I studied communications at college. I went to college and got a college degree and I did other things. I was very involved in, in government and I was a page on Capitol Hill in Washington. Wow. Shut up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I was the speaker's page. I was a, for speaker Jim Wright, Democrat from Texas. And I was his personal page and lots of incredible things happened that summer. Wow. Yeah. So I, you know, very well-rounded, I would say. I've done a lot of different things. And then when it came time to do hair, I said, no, I'm going to go to college. Went to college, got a degree in communications. And I did my senior year abroad in Spain. I got a scholarship to do my senior year abroad in Spain. And I just fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the country and the people and, and its cultures. And I stayed there for 16 years. Long story 16. short. So what part of Spain were you in? I was in Madrid. I lived in Madrid. Oh, wow. I traveled all over. I traveled, I went off into Barcelona. So when you were there, you were doing hair in Spain or were you just... I was doing hair always on the side, part-time, doing going to people's homes. People come to my homes. We do it on my balcony, things like that. But I actually worked for the U.S. government in Madrid. I worked at the American Embassy for four years. And then I opened a restaurant. And you know, once upon a time, that was one of my fantasies when I was a kid, because I was an exchange student. So I had this idea I was going to work at the embassy one day. And instead, I'm doing hair, so. <laughs> yeah. Life takes That's us so on a funny. different journey. Yeah, it takes us on different journeys, for sure. So when you were in Spain, I mean, I would imagine just the hair is going to be completely different. I mean, was there always something that you found was like a, I mean, how long ago was this? Was in the 90s? This was, no, I moved to Los Angeles in 2008. So oh, I was, okay. I was in Spain from 92 to 08. So did you find that like the trends that you were finding in Europe were completely different when you moved here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Much more fashion-based influence. Fashion-based in here, in Los Angeles. And no, much more like runway, Paris editorial kind of influenced in Spain. Oh, really? Very Actually, I could picture that, yeah. Very sophisticated. My aunt lives in Paris, and I often kind of marvel at the stuff that she has going on. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came here, I mean, what was the decision to come back here? Well, I talk about this openly. I had had some problems with alcohol and drug abuse, wow. and I came back here to go to rehab. And I'm very open about that because if I can help somebody else with my experiences, then that's why I talk about it so openly. That is so awesome. So yeah, I, I came back here and I went to rehab and I just, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do hair part-time anymore. This has been the love of my life and I'm going to do it full on. So that's why in 2000, like 2010, I started doing hair full on. So you just established yourself in LA, which I think I can only imagine the amount of people that think, okay, I'm just going to up my life and I'm going to go to LA. I don't going to make it big. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I think it's a lot more than that, right? It is a lot more than that. It takes a lot of determination and a lot of willpower, a lot of kind of innate talent, I think, too, and being in the right place at the right time. I imagine it also takes a lot of self-awareness, too, because it seems like a very, I mean, obviously very competitive out there. So you've got to know your own self-worth. So the thing is that I find one of the wonderful things about as a professional watching some of the things you do, you are actually the person that came up with the color melt, which is just an absolute beautiful service. And I would love for you, since you are the originator, I would love to be able to kind of pick your brain because 
A lot of women may not know what that is. It is such a, oh gosh, just dreamy the way it comes out. And I would love for you to kind of describe what kind of woman, like what is it and what kind of woman is going to be wanting that? You know, I get women from all walks of life coming and asking for color melt. It's not for just one type of person. It's for all different types of women. It definitely has a good grow out. So you don't have to be in the salon every two months touching up your highlights. You can go a lot longer than traditional highlights. And it's a look that is effortlessly flawless, I always say. And it, it just has this really good seamless grow out with pops of light coming from every which direction. And you don't really know where the light stops and starts. So is it like a combination of different colors or is it just like a lightning process that you're just it's you're a putting in highlights? It's a darkening process. Okay. Okay. So I know you were going to ask about strobing. We, we, I am, because I'm curious, because there is a difference between the two, but one is... Strobing, one is, strobing is I use balayage to do strobing, and it's a, part, it's a technique that I do around the hairline to bring light to facial features. Okay, so with the color melt, can you name a few people that maybe some of our viewers would know of that had, typically gets a color melt so they can kind of reference it? Kiernan Shipka is one that she okay. has had my color melt for years. Unless she's doing a part that requires that we change it up, She's had it for years. Elizabeth Moss had the color melt. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, lots of fun people in there that I get to work with. So it tends to be a little bit more of a diffused look, a nice grow out. So it's definitely for that client that doesn't want to come in every single month or maybe every other month or every exactly. two to three months. Yeah, sometimes people go three to six months without touching up the highlights. I'll recommend that they come in for a gloss and an Olaplex treatment in between. They'll come in for a gloss, and I put Olaplex number one in all my glosses. And then we'll do a standalone treatment for them in between the, the actual like highlight session for the color mode. Actually, I have a question, because I feel like a lot of people really love that kind of look where... Whether it be a balayage all over or a color melt where it really is a natural highs, lows, and kind of keeps with your natural root. Do you typically recommend people like that? And I know we were talking about the strobing, which is in the front. It's around the face. It creates lightness and, and kind of brings everything up to your face. Do you typically recommend to your clients to kind of come back for that particular service just to kind of brighten things up? I do, but whenever they're ready, I don't, unless they want me to, unless they need my help, a lot of clients know when they're going to be ready for more highlights, and it's a very personal thing for them. I like to go with their rhythm on mm -hmm. that. But if it's somebody that I see that really needs my help and they just have no idea what they're doing, then I'll recommend when they should be back for the strobing and the full-on work, the works. It is interesting because I know sometimes, I mean, I used to have clients that want to do the full head highlight and everything like that, but you know, you don't want to necessarily, you don't want to be doing that every single time. So you right. would have them come in for just little touch-ups here and there. As I was kind of sitting there thinking about it, I feel like the strobing is perfect for those people that have those grown out balayage, but they don't want to commit to doing this all over again or the color melt. And that just kind of freshens everything up. Right. Exactly. You're right. I love that. Especially as we're going into the summer. So, I mean, the other thing that is really great about you is you are, without a doubt, a consummate educator. And I find that whether that be about hair or even just as life, I know you and I have had many conversations where I'm like asking you advice. <laughs> How do I handle that? I know. So, I mean, I kind of feel like what would be when it comes to your own personal beauty? And you're really trying to identify the thing that matches, like we always say, match what's on the inside with the outside. 
Right. What would be your top level pieces of advice to kind of find that? You know, I think that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I'm always fascinated by what factors go into formulating one's own concept of beauty. Mm. We're all conditioned differently. And so there's no way that we can all have the same concept of beauty. You know, when I was little, I used to, my dad always wanted me to go hunting with him. And it wasn't something that I super enjoyed. You know what I mean? And so we would go out into the forest and he would just leave me. And I would be sitting there in the forest in the freezing cold. But I would look at the way the light came through the trees. You could, because you would get out there early in the morning so you could see the sunrise and you could see the sunset at the end of the day. And I would just look at the way the light came through the trees. It hit the wood, it hit the leaves. And all of that plays a big part in how I formulate my color today. Wow. You, no one would ever think that, but that's how personal ones, those factors, like I was saying, can be that influence how we formulate beauty. It's hard though, because you're right in the sense that it is for the eye of the beholder, but don't you think that sometimes even with society, it feels as though it's kind of cultivated that there is an expectation that perhaps is a little unrealistic that it's only just fitting one particular mold. Like how does right. someone, You're, I know I've struggled why, with that. That's why I'm, whenever I get beauty editors asking me for color trends, it's a little frustrating sometimes because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I'll say it again. You know, color trends are not always a thing. No. I kind of feel that way about fashion too, because in the long run, if it fits your body type, it's good, you know, and it's the colors that make you happy and it's the right cut, that it's good for you. And there are color trends, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it can be forced. Sometimes it can be like, well, this year, not so much. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, there are some trends that are going on right now. I've kid around about a few of them. You know, the middle part thing, or, you know, the revamp of the mullet. I'm not hating on it, but it's not something I would wear. But it yeah. seems like these trends are more kind of microscopic. It's for only a certain demographic, a small demographic. Yeah, only certain people can wear those, yeah. Yeah. At least right now. That- at least right now. A lot of times, like, look at the 70s. Everyone was wearing the shag. Oh, gosh, yeah. No, that is true. Whether they should have or shouldn't have. Yeah. This is pretty. But I think maybe that is the beauty of, of now, is that I think people are a little bit more self-aware that it doesn't have to be. Which is funny because in the same breath, we have it pushed in our face nonstop. Right. I mean, I know you spoke of the forest, but what would you say is your definition of beautiful or beauty in a person? When it comes to, when it comes to hair? I think anything. I think whether it be their clothing, their skin, their hair, their makeup, whatever. I think it should be something naturally derived. One of the things that I look at as one of my influences for beauty is my sister when she was a little girl. You know, at the end of the summer, she would have that sparkling little blonde tips on her hair. And that's something that helped me to create the color mode. That is so nice. I know, you know, my youngest gunner, he got this like reddish blonde hair. And in the summer, he gets all those gorgeous right. highlights. And then he's always sad when I make him cut it all off before he goes to school. <laughs> nice. Well, I, actually, I don't. I don't. I let him grow and I give it a personal choice. But yeah, after a while, Lord, you got to let me cut it, please. Something. Let's yeah. make it neat. <laughs> so, I mean, beyond that, I mean, is there some exciting things going on right now? I know it's been kind of with the shutdowns and everything like that. But What's exciting is that I'm able to be back in the salon with my clients. That is genuinely exciting to me. Hot um, dog. 
you know, my clients, you know, many of them didn't want house calls. Many of them wanted color kits, which I know is controversial. You know what I mean? Um, it is what it is. I mean, we all had to kind of get ourselves. We had to do what we had to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to take care of each other in the long run. And I do think that as we're opening up, I mean, what do you think that's going to happen as things open up? I keep on saying the things that I'm noticing personally is I feel like people are, as things are slowly opening up, they're looking forward to that pampering, just that self-care. They are dying for it. We've been self-caring at home for a long time. Now we want to go out and have someone else do it. (laughs) My clients are loving being back in the salon. Even though it is a different atmosphere, we can only do one client at a time. Yeah. You know, normally I had five or six clients going at a time. Yeah. That's, it's different now. And clients actually like that because they get more pampering. Mm. I feel like as things get, you know, a little bit more busy and everything, we can have a little bit more of that one-on-one time. I know that like, I can't wait to go in and just go to a salon and get my hair shampooed by someone. <laughs> get a nice little scalp massage. <laughs> Zone out, listen to the music. (laughs) I just did the other day and it felt so good. Is it? It's been like forever. I've been, you know, mostly getting stuff at home. (laughs) I had like two feet of regrowth. Oh, yeah. It's hard because I know uh, with the blonde and everything, I know last year at this time, oh my gosh, my roots were so long. And all I kept on thinking is that. Well, there's going to be some kind of gnarly band that's going to be going on when the time comes. <laughs> oh, I yeah. finally am starting to get it out. It is what it is. You just, you know, roll with it. <laughs> so, I mean, as things are opening up and we are seeing more and more people kind of going back to the salon, going back to just taking care of themselves. I mean, do you feel as though, I feel as though there's going to be a resurgence on glamour and beauty. Oh, I think there will be for sure. I think people are going to want to go a little crazy. In the like what? Word. what would you want to see? What would I want to see? I would want to see people trying new things, mm-hmm. stepping outside of the box. You know, there's so many girls that are great to be redheads, and I love doing redheads. I would love to see more of that, more, you know, seeing some of my clients commit a little bit more. Because most of my clients always have, like, something in the background that they want to try, but they're not trying. And I think now might be the time for people to step forward and and try something a little new, something a little bit out of their comfort zone. So do you, I mean, aside from red, is there something that you would say is like a typical, oh, this is a little out of my comfort zone and I really want to do it, but they don't? Well, something as simple as maybe somebody that's been really blonde for a while going a little more natural Mm. or something that somebody that's been really natural in the safe zone, somebody going a little bit brighter blonde could be very becoming. And it, it depends on their their facial features and their skin tone, of course. So, but, I mean, how do you help a person when they're looking at different pictures of the kind of hair colors that they want? How do you help them navigate what's right for them when it comes to the tones and whatnot? Well, I ask them certain questions that guide them to the right answer. Right. Sometimes somebody will be like, I love this photo on Instagram. I want it. And maybe it's a very golden blonde. But this client of mine has very golden skin tone. And so if they get to do a blonde that's too golden, I can wash them out. So I have to get, I have to ask them questions to get them to see the right answer. Someone uh, recently, I think it was Bianca. She was saying that she started having her clients when they would bring pictures, put their thumb over the face and say, okay, now 
visualize that on your face. And she goes, and they suddenly go, ooh. <laughs> right, exactly. It's hard sometimes because you can't help but look at some pictures and go, ooh, I really want that. That happens to me regularly. And yet I stick with this all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that's your classic. You, that's such a good look for you. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't always. It wasn't always. And I think that is part of transformations, right? I mean, sometimes it takes a little while to kind of find what you are and you have to go through a lot of different transformations. Gosh, I think of the journey that you have gone. You must be really happy. I am happy. I'm very happy. I'm happily married. I'm happy in my career. I feel very blessed, very fortunate. I mean, what would you say is like, because again, I think this happens whether it is with addiction or anything else that goes on in our life. Sometimes we all get a little bit lost and it's very hard to find that peace inside of ourselves. So that way, all of this is presented to the world, right? Right. So what would you think was like one of those turning points where you feel like, oh, okay, I'm feeling more like myself. Like I feel beautiful. You know, it was shortly after I joined forces with Olaplex. Really? Yeah, that was a turning point in my career where I really, I was booked at the salon. I was traveling to other cities to do clients, traveling to other countries. Um, and I would now, here I was working with this amazing brand and everything just kind of came together after that. It, like the planets aligned, you know what I mean? I'm trying to remember how long you were with Ramirez Trans before, I forgot, were you there long before Olaplex? I, was, I, feel at, like you I was at there. Benjamin before when I started with Olaplex. Because I remember you were someplace else right before. Benjamin. And, yes, and I remember going to Ramirez Trans. What a beautiful place. Yeah, I know. And you came and spent the day. Yes, and it was fun. I got to hold hair for you. <laughs> I'm a very good assistant. I remember my days in New York, I, you had to be back of my assistant days. You had to be real good at that. Very intuitive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that... It is a really big lifestyle change going from, you know, Illinois to Spain to LA. I mean, how do you feel? Is that like your place? Is that the place you are to be for the rest of your life? Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with LA. Never say never. I won't say that I'll never move to another city, but I really like LA. And I didn't in the beginning. I was so much used to Madrid, which is a European city. It's just, things are closer together. I lived in the totally center. Totally different. Of you know, we walked everywhere. It's kind of like New York. But you get to travel a lot. I hear about you traveling all over the place doing I do get to travel a lot. Yeah. I'm actually getting ready to get to go to Mexico for a little vacation right now, our anniversary vacation. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. That's we fun. But again, even in New York, are you traveling just for the sake of travel or are you looking at clients? No, I'm, I'm or... usually going for clients to, to see wow. clients. And I have some masterclasses that were put on hold. So I'm dying for things to open up again so I can get back to educating in other cities. That is amazing. So are you teaching about the color melt or? Um, always, yes. Always the color melt. So yeah, it's with balayage. That is amazing. That is amazing. Oh, a lot of times I'll strip it down to just balayage because that's more than enough, more than people can handle in the beginning. Do you remember when they were saying that, like, it was just, it was, that was the trend and it was going to be disappearing and it just hasn't? No, it's still here. I'm not saying it's replaced foiling, but I feel like it darn near close. Right. Well, and, you know, I do color melt with balayage, but I've had some really creative people come up doing it with foliage and with foils and with backcombing. Mm -hmm. And things like that, too. So it's, it's evolved, you know, in other spheres. And that's fun to see. I enjoy seeing that. 
Mm. No, I do too. I mean, at least on the pro side, it's kind of fun to experiment with all these and mix them all up for our listeners. I mean, honestly, the cool thing about doing hair is that it is artistry along with really great planning. (laughs) Really great planning and understanding of features and what's going to look best best on you. But the artistry in it is something that is exciting because it's constantly evolving. And you have a great, what would you suggest when looking for a good hairstylist? I mean, I feel like you got to find someone that's constantly learning and looking for education. Evolving for sure. That's important. You don't Um, want to get stuck in in the past. Yeah. Even I, like I created the color melt, but that doesn't mean that I'm not looking for other ideas or, or looking to evolve the color melt. You know, I'm not doing it the same way now that as I did when I first started. Some of my combing techniques are different. Some of the tools I use are different. No, I definitely. And it, it is a really interesting. I, so let's see, what would be your top five recommendations? So this is tough. I'm making it five. I know. I, I, could cut it, I could cut it down to three. I could cut okay, it down to three. Really. So <laughs> if you think more than three, then we will go with that. So what would you say is the top, I'll say five, but it could be three, recommendations for people that are looking to really ramp up their hair, like want to do something kind of like what you're saying, the people that have been playing it safe for a long time, or they maybe they were doing what they thought society expected them to be. And now they're going hey, you know, I want to represent me. Right. What would be the things that you would recommend them to do? Number one, do your research. Mm. And how do they do that? Online. Looking at pictures? Take screenshots so you don't have to sit there with your colorist and try to find them on somebody else's Instagram. Make a folder. (laughs) It's almost like being on Pinterest and and having your own Pinterest board and uh, have a whole collection of pictures of what you want. Yeah, And so go with that. And when looking at the pictures though, I mean, what recommendations when they're looking at pictures should they be looking at? Is it just the color? Is it the cut? Like, should they be looking at the people's should features? Should be the color, the skin tone. And that kind of goes into my number two is ask yourself, is this something that I'm really ready to maintain? Uh-huh. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Yeah. So maintenance, I mean, that basically is going to be a conversation with your hairstylist to figure out what it actually is. Because I, I got to be honest with you, before I was a hairdresser, and I've told this story before, I remember going to my hair colorist and saying, I wanted this, which is a platinum blonde. And she just kind of looked at me and went, oh, no, sweetheart. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because she knew me. She knew me, but I didn't understand. I was like, what? I did the maintenance? What's yeah. that? But I didn't realize. Good on you. Thank you. I realize now it was because I was a brunette all my life. I had hair down to my waist. I never really got it cut that much. So she's looking at me like, "Mm, maintenance, that's not going to happen with you. You're not that person at the time. So when it comes to telling people, are you going to be able to maintain it? I'm thinking with blondes, I mean, what would you say is the maintenance for blondes? Well, it depends on how what's their roots are. It depends on what their roots are looking like. With the color melt, you can be really blonde. And if you have the right depth painted in with at the root area, then they can go a lot longer in between touch-ups. Mm. And, and like if a, it's red, red's a big one too, because everybody's like, oh, red, it's so vibrant. And yes, I understand it's a good daring, but like I have a friend that has red and let's talk about what our pillowcase looks like. Yeah, exactly. And reds can fade. The vibrancy can fade. Yeah, Actually, for our viewers, red is one of those colors that actually the color molecules drain from the hair quicker than probably any other color. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like if you could have a brunette with a red undertone and eventually they're going to be like, well, why did all that vibrancy from the red disappear? But I have this brunette, this dishwater brunette. Right. Because red disappears real quick. So there's maintenance with that, not just with going into your hairdresser, but also at home and, and making sure you're not washing hair too much, right products and whatnot. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so that was two. That was two. You have at least, you owe me at least one more. <laughs> so someone trying to find their personal style, they're going to look for pictures, they're going to think about the maintenance. At-home maintenance. At-home maintenance is super important. And that's why you get Olaplex numbers zero, three through seven. Three Definitely. through eight now coming up. No, right? Yeah. That yeah zero through time. eight to really take care of your hair and make sure it's strong. I prescribe to my clients what they should be using. I use the word prescribe. So I'm not just recommending because prescribing has a much stronger connotation, a much stronger, you need to use what I'm saying. No, that makes sense. And especially since in all honesty, you know, we often say that like really hair care has always been just shampoo and conditioner, right? I mean, for the most part, shampoo, yep. conditioner, and really in all honesty, it is a lot like skincare. There's processes, there's steps, there's things that your hair needs that you got to be able to add to it or take care of. So in many ways, the Olaplex has become that. Yes. You know? It's become the skincare of hair care. Yes. So, yes. And then you can have high-maintenance hair color. <laughs> yes. we, love, we love high maintenance that feels low maintenance. So what's the one product that you... Oh, so if you had to pick one product, not the professional ones, one product out of the line that that was the only one that you could pick, what would it be? Not the professional ones? Not the professional ones, because that was always my first one. Yeah, because one would be... Yeah, the one for the professional line, professional strength, we'd be going for that. But it can't be. It has to be the retail. I'd go to number seven. Interesting. Tell me why. Or I don't know. It's hard to say seven without six for me. Thank you. (laughs) Number six is my favorite. Yeah, I love number six. I mean, I use six and seven every day on my hair. Okay, me too. Like I put it in before we started. So... Mm So for me, I live in Florida, so we have a lot of humidity. Yes. And my hair will poof out like a Q-tip without something that's going to keep it in place. So no, number six has saved my freaking life with that. Yeah. The first day I was like, oh, I don't have to layer all kinds of things in it. It's so funny. My husband just left about an hour ago to go see my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law. And before he left, he said, oh, baby, I need number six. I need number six for my sister and my mom. That's their one request. <laughs> but the number seven is great with it too because it adds an extra boost to shine. I, you know, I could blow dry and not worry about my fragile hair, but you just put a couple taps and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, I love number seven. Not to say that the others aren't phenomenal, but... No, I mean, I use all the products so well, yeah. as my clients. But with the number six, do you usually put it in your hair dry or wet? Usually damp. Yeah. This morning I put it in dry. <laughs> you text me and I'm like, just give me a second. <laughs> hair sticking up all over the place because I, I had bed head and it just kind of put it back. It looks, your hair looks really good. It's very Madonna, Papa, don't preach. I'll t- ooh. <laughs> ooh, I like that. I'll take it. I'll compare myself to Madonna any day of the week. Right. <laughs> Anyways, it's been so, it's always fun talking with you, Chad. And I can't wait until the next time we talk. And you have the most incredible day ever. 
Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Never forget, everything you want to be, you already are. You are simply on the path of uncovering it. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Beauty Uncovered. To know more about Olaplex and its beauty technology, visit olaplex.com. You can also subscribe to get the latest updates on emerging beauty trends and innovation. Join us again next time as you continue to uncover your unique beauty here on Beauty Uncovered.